the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Hello, small steppers. Welcome, one and all. I'm glad you're here for another episode of the Approaching the Natural podcast. Did you notice the uh, the brand new opening? Yeah. I Episode 214. I mean, obviously, I would do it at episode 214. There was no rhyme or reason other than um, I was listening to old episode a couple back over the weekend to sort of get caught up, make sure, that, you know, kind of rolling and everything. Uh, it's something I do. And I realized like that opening has been it's been on for a long time and uh, it doesn't mention my new book. And so I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to do another one. My daughter was playing outside. And I said, hey, come in here for a second. You want to do me a favor? And she goes, yeah, okay. And she did that and nailed it down. And there it is. It's high tech. High tech world we're living in, you guys. Okay? So welcome one and all. If you're just joining me because you heard me talk at the Boston Veg Fest, <clears throat> please go back and listen to old episodes. Not that this one's going to suck. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this could be the best episode yet. I don't know. What I am saying is go back. These are uh, not time-dependent episodes. Uh, my episode, my uh, podcast is not time-dependent. It's uh, about ideas, first and foremost, and then implementation. It is uh, conversations on occasion, my perspectives on health and happiness, how to live a more healthy, happy life in the context of this crazy world by approaching the natural by bringing in a little bit more of what is what is mo- more natural to us as an animal that goes for of course the obvious moving our bodies and and the food we eat but it also goes into how we relate and uh, I often bring up things like that even like last week's episode melodrama just how we deal with the interpersonal how we deal with now in the new age of social media um, all those kinds of things and and the mindset of the natural is what brings me here every week is is trying to infuse in you and me and humans uh, 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 all over the map and world uh, a mindset of self-care and an ethic of self-care and a mindset of coming into each day and saying, look, there's a lot of complexity and there's a lot that I can do and there's a lot that I can buy and all these material things, but I don't really need that much. I, I can be happy without it. I might dabble and I might buy stuff and that's cool, but I don't want anybody to forget that we don't need 90% of the stuff that we think we need. And and that's just kind of a a nice, liberating, free, freedom-based way to approach your life, right? You, It's fun. We dabble and we have fun and we do fun things. But we know we don't, we're not married to that stuff like the whole I could never give up cheese thing, right? I want to li- eat cheese if you want to eat cheese. But I don't want anybody saying I could never give it up because that implies that you are a victim and you are not powerful. And that is false. I don't need to know you to know that you've got the power to take control of your life. I believe that I have the best uh, system going to help you recognize that and take control of your own life. With, and you don't certainly don't need me telling you uh, what's going to make you happy, but I think I have a pretty good system to tell you how to make yourself happy, and that makes me happy, and I'm just going to keep saying the word happy as much as possible, but it does. It gives me joy, and it brings me to this podcast every week in my YouTube channel now twice a week because I like getting emails where people are telling me that they're thinking about their lives in a different way, that they're not beating themselves up, that they're not ju- you know, judging themselves and being super self-critical and, and keeping themselves from living the lives that they want to live. I love hearing that stuff. It's, it's, it, it gets me in a very, very hopeful place. And I've always said, like, as much as I kind of 
toy around with you know some of the stuff that's going wrong with our species. I actually believe this podcast is one of the more hopeful podcasts because I believe, and I wouldn't come here if I didn't, that this is a way out. This is a way that is trapped as we feel in our jobs and just our situations. The small steps approach that I crafted many years ago is a way out, is a way to act. It's, it's what I always say, like small steppers go, oh, I've been feeling this way my whole life. Yeah, but I'm doing something about it. The small steps philosophy is immediately, day, same day, you get to say, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. This thing pisses me off that I've been doing my whole life and oh wait, yeah, I'm doing something about it. And as soon as you go, yeah, I'm doing something about it, all of a sudden you're now thinking about the things that you're doing about it and not thinking about the things that are making you unhappy in your life. It's a switcheroo. It's a tricky it's presto changeo. Okay? Presto changeo. Good. I'm going to title this podcast. I just changed it. Presto changeo. Mm. I'm having a beer. If you're just joining me, you might think to yourself, I thought this was a like a philosophy of health podcast. He's having a beer. Um, On purpose. Okay? I, I've said it before. I used to drink single malts. Gosh, and it, look, I want you guys to know what's healthy and what's not healthy. I want you to be informed. I am, I'm a nutritionist. I'm very aware of what's healthy and not, and I minimize the stuff that's not, and I maximize the stuff that is, and in my own life, try to strike a successful balance which leads me to the health and happiness, the level that I want without becoming militant. That's me. That's me. Not you necessarily, but I found a pretty good balance. Now, do I ebb and flow on that? Sure. Sure. Ebb and flow. Sometimes I'm a little more militantly, and sometimes I'm you know, falling off the rails a little bit. I don't go pretty, I don't go extreme either way. I don't go way up and way down. I don't binge and then I don't, you know, get, go on a freaking, you know, seven day cleansy thing. I don't do that. Little, little ups and downs. And that works for me. Um, Melodrama. Remember last week's? I don't, I don't do the ups and downs now. I kind of balance it out a little bit. For the most part, my, most of the time, my mod is solid. I have the energy that I want. I am uh, putting that to the test lately. Woo! That travel, I got to tell you, I just got back from Boston. I'm not joking. It's 6 o'clock right now. Three hours ago, I got back from Boston. And um, yeah, this is a t- week two. I So three weeks ago with San Francisco, then... Then uh, I had a one weekend off, I think, and then I had, and then I, and then I went to Portland last weekend. Boston, I just got back from Boston. Next weekend, uh, Southern California, Costa Mesa. The following weekend, Tampa Bay Veg Fest, uh, November fourth. So these are all like crazy. And then um, a month after that, then it kind of mellows out. So it's good. Then December tenth, I'm at Sanctuary Bistro, and then January twentieth and twenty one. 2021th January 20th and 21st I'm in Sedona Arizona that's confirmed confirmed is New York City Veg Food Fest May 19th not confirmed but kind of potential which I'm very excited about I got an email last week um, from the the woman who does the Triangle Veg Fest in North Carolina where I spoke last uh, I don't even know when months ago Um, she also does one in Nashville and one in Wilmington, Kentucky, and she's invited me to both, and um, that looks like that could happen, and, that, and they're like within a week of each other, so that would be super cool, so that would be in April, so I'm kind of floating it just now, it, it, you know, it's not ink, so I'm always like hesitant, but it's looking like it's happening, so that would be Nashville, which is April 7th, and Wilmington, Kentucky, April 14th, which would be really fun, I've been to Every state in the United States except for Alaska. So I, I know at some point I've been through these states, but I didn't, you know, haven't spent, I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, 
it's funny how how similar all this travel has been to when I was playing music full time and touring. One of the similarities is like flying into Boston. I flew into Boston Saturday night, got there late Saturday night, got up in the morning, went to the festival, spoke, spent the you know till the end of the day, spoke, uh, went to bed, got up four freaking four forty five this morning, got on an airplane, flew home, and drove four hours home and here I am the similarity is I didn't really get to see Boston you know what I'm saying like I just took an uber to the event did my deal got back in the car got back to the place they put me up which was a really cool little bed and breakfast place I did feel um was like when I got back to the uh, bed and breakfast and I was upstairs and I was like okay I should probably you know do my you know maybe edit my video and then I realized I didn't have the right freaking attachment thanks Apple to do my video anyway, but I had a small steppers live Q and a within like, th- like at that point, like 30 minutes, it was going to start. And I was just antsy, you know, having been on an airplane and just kind of like stagnant. And I just freaking went out the door and took a 20 minute run. And it was phenomenal. And I ran, went around this nice lake. I have no idea where I was. I have no idea where I was. It was around this lake. There was a path. It was gorgeous. And I did some video on it, um, which, you know, you should subscribe to my YouTube should, my least favorite word, if you're just joining me, should. But you might want to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, it's a good adjunct to this podcast and to all the other things I'm doing, the books and everything else. Um, but one of the things that happened is I, I had I had thrown a um, running shorts, a running shorts in my suitcase, thinking, well, maybe there's a, a uh, like a treadmill or something at the bed and breakfast. I didn't know. I just thought, well, off chance, like whatever, I'll just jump on there barefoot. There wasn't, but I was so antsy when I got back to the to my room that <clears throat> I just went for a 20 minute run barefoot, 100% barefoot on asphalt around the <clears throat> the lake. Felt phenomenal. I have to do a little follow up of my, um, I don't think I talked about this last week. I, I apologize if I did. My bruised foot, I know I talked about it two weeks ago. My bruised foot, that had the bump on the bottom of it, and it was really bothering me. And I, I don't, I haven't like no injuries for me for a long time. So, but I was walking around barefoot on my driveway, and I bruised, which I thought was a bruise, my my foot. Turns out it wasn't a. I, I don't know. I must have actually cut myself. I don't know. But what the bump I was feeling was an abscess, and it was so painful. The pressure was so like crazy. I didn't know it was pressure. I just thought it was like a bruise, and it was like really painful. And so I just freaking knifed it. I isn't that horrible? Like I didn't even. Go, I was gonna go to the doctor. I told Lisa, like I think I'm gonna go to the doctor. And then as I examined it more, I was like, I think this is things like a is like an abscess thing. I'm just gonna pop the crap out of it. Um, did I sterilize my little pocket knife? No, not so much. Hey, look, irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I live on the edge. I'm like the freaking. Uh, I'm Indiana Jones of lancing abscesses. I've, that's not the first time I've heard that about myself. By the way, um, <clears throat> people have often referred to me. As the Indiana Jones Raider of Lost Raiders of the Lost Abscess. That's that's just the, like a thing. Somebody was like, "I'm going to do a book on you." That's what the title is going to be. So I just flipped out my knife and soaked my foot in some warm water and Epsom salt for about 20 minutes, and then just poked that bad boy. And I'm telling you, 90% of the pain gone, just right, just like that, just like that. Then I healed up, and uh, over the next week, week and a half, and so it's feeling good. So when I go on my nice little run in Boston, totally barefoot. I'm just feeling great. And then I got back to the live Q&A. I brewed myself a little pot, a cup of coffee. 
in the room. They had a little coffee maker, and and I was it was paradise, paradise. Got to burn you know burn off that energy, and it felt super good. Isn't that great? How when you get your most of the time good, you actually there's no I what there's no shoulds. You remove the shoulds. I, if you just join me, go back and listen to old episodes for real. I call it the tension of should. I didn't think I should run. I was like, I want to run. Ah, how much time can I get? And I just went out the door in shorts and the shirt that I was already wearing. I just took my pants off, put a shorts on, didn't have to bother with the shoes. Maximized my time out there, man, and it was fantastic. It felt phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> nice to know what you can do with a lot less, right? Oh, I need the shoes and the headbands and the that. I didn't have a watch. I didn't even bring my running watch. I brought nothing. I just walked out the door and ran, and it was fan. It felt phenomenal. Um, okay, so welcome to if you're just joining me because I, you know, every time I do one of these talks, there's people join and they check out the podcast and and great. So glad to have you guys with me. Um, I do discuss different aspects of my approach every week, um, specifically my small steps approach. Um, the big, I, I haven't mentioned this in a few episodes, so I'm going to mention it now. The biggest misconception about my unique brand of small steps is that uh, that you have to break down any step that you do in a, in, a, in a somehow sort of like objectively small way. So here's the definition of, of my, my definition of a small step. My definition of a small step is a new behavior you want to bring into your life, the size of which is, is fits in, in the adaptive stress realm, meaning it's anything new that you do is going to be stressful. That's a fact. It's going to, be, it's going to add stress. It's not necessarily going to be debilitating. In fact, this is what I'm talking about. The amount of stress that leads you to success. Did that rhyme? The amount of stress that leads you to success. That was the best. Uh, that amount of stress that will lead you to success is, is the adaptive stress realm, meaning it's enough stress to allow your body and mind to catch up with a new behavior. So you take on just a little bit and your body kind of adjusts and your mind kind of adjusts, then you can take on a little bit more. If you take on too much, it's not adaptive stress anymore. You're not adapting to anything. You're, you're pushing too hard and you're gonna, chances are you're going to burn out. That's too much. Too little is you never get your butt off the couch. So <clears throat> there is that nice little thing. Now, in my approach, I teach people how to figure out what that is for themselves because I can't do that for you. Unlike a diet book that says do this on day four or a training plan that says do this on, do this on day six, and they, they, they have to do that because they don't know you personally. But I want to be the guy who says, here are the tools to determine what works for you because you are the one that can check in with your own stress about something. You're the one that can learn, hopefully from me, a practice of checking in, finding moments to check in with yourself to say, am I dreading this thing? Is it too easy? Am I like, I do I feel languishing? Like I'm kind of... The, again, the common misconception is, oh, I, I mean, I want to do more, but I can't because it's not small. Well, that that's not at all what I'm talking about here. So recently, and I'll talk, I'll tell you right now, smallsteppers.com is my 12, 12 week program. It's doing incredibly well. I'm really excited about it. The, the first group of people just finished up. I've been getting great responses from people. Um, new people are signing up. It's phenomenal. It's, it's uh, daily emails, weekly videos, and weekly live Q&As. I mean, I'm there every week to coach you through this process. You will be so versed in my small steps program in 12 weeks, you will then be able to live the rest of your life as a small stepper if you choose. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's intensive, but not because of time. Some people are so busy, they're spending 
one, two minutes a day. I'm not kidding, but you'll learn the value of that little amount of time. There's no doubt about that. So that's the kind of the small step um, thing. But the, but the misconception is <clears throat> I want to do more. And sometimes I just got a question. There's, there's reason I, one of the reasons I brought up small steppers besides to, to tell you <laughs> about it. But one of the questions was, I think my, what if my steps are so small that I don't, I kind of just like, they're so small. I don't actually end up doing them. That's a first I've never, I've never gotten that. So this is great. This is why I do the live Q and A. So it was like, okay, well I said to her or him, I can't remember who it was. You, your steps may need to be way bigger. So if you feel like you're crafting a step and it's just so small that you, you kind of like your life goes by and you don't think about it because because maybe it's too small, raise it, bring it up. There's no objectivity in terms of the size of a step. It is what brings you into that adaptive realm. Now, it also could be the practicality that this new step even if it's small and super easy, isn't on the radar. And this is the other thing that I stress to people every in, in the program, but also you guys often, which is I don't care how small a step is. If it's I've had I've coached many a client who who have had a step that is, you know, 10 seconds or less, five seconds, and they don't pull it off most of the time because not because they don't have the time, they do have the time, but because it's not on the radar. And so they get up in the morning, let's say they have a five second step, maybe it's one deep breath. So it's 10 seconds in the morning. They forget to do it, not because they don't have the 10 seconds, but because everything that they do normally and everything they think about normally is in their head. It's taking up most of that mental real estate such that even a 10 second step is new. And so on a practical level, I don't know if this person needs to raise her steps or maybe marry this these steps to existing behaviors that she already does like brushing her teeth she puts a note that says one deep breath and she goes to her toothbrush automatically picks it up because that's where she goes without thinking about it and there's a note that says one deep breath and that's how you begin that supposedly small step um so yeah so practical levels that but that's all coming up man in the program it's super cool um, what else? SidGarzaHillman.com. That's where you go to find out all, all, all things about me. And um, you can get podcast merchandise. You can donate to the podcast. Thank you to people who have, who have um, thrown me some change. I was thinking like, if you think, gosh, if Sid lived near me, I would probably like to take him out for a cup of coffee once a month and buy him a cup of coffee because he loves coffee. Then that could be your donation. Two bucks a month and you're virtually buying me a cup of coffee every month. Although I'm not going to spend it on coffee. I might spend it on coffee. Most likely, I'm going to spend it on the new microphone that I want for my uh, video camera that I use to shoot my YouTube videos. I'm just going to be honest. That's how. That's what I use your donations for. It's real. It's not going into. It's it's for the purposes of keeping these things going with the equipment and like even travel and all these kinds of things. So it's it's uh, it's a real deal, and I really appreciate you guys. But um, non monetary ways to support this podcast are just telling a friend about it or reviewing it on iTunes or wherever, okay? All those things really help kind of keep it in the forefront, and I, I just want more people to discover it because I'm i seeing it for real with smallsteppers.com that it's helping people. If you're interested in learning about food specifically, and I am a certified nutritionist, but as you will know if you've been here before, I don't talk about food too often for a reason because I don't think anybody's issues are about food. I think food is a, a manifestation of stress, it's a, it's a, it's a, you can see if somebody is stress eating, then it's not really about the food. It's about the stress. And so I'm kind of going behind now 
when somebody has a good baseline of lowering their overall stress, then I'll jump in and say, okay, once that's good and you got your sure ducks in a row and you know the life you want to live and you're very clear about who you are deep down, okay, now now let's talk about a food step. But that, I usually kick that way down to the end because it's never the thing. It's it, it would be so irresponsible for me and, and it would be irresponsible now knowing what I know. In the beginning, this is what I did. It wasn't irres- I wasn't doing it intentionally to screw somebody up. It's what I thought was helping. I just know better now. I, in the beginning, I would advise on food right away because that's what people were coming to me for. And I would say, okay, well, here, eat this, this, and this. And they weren't sticking to it. That's because I realized I wasn't coaching them in a way that was effective for them to implement long-term change. And so then I realized, oh, it isn't about food. We'll get to that later. This is about getting your ducks in a row and kind of asking yourself, what can I take on right now? And let me set, up my, set myself up for long-term change. Okay, great. Now you're all good? Okay, good. Now let's jump in with the food and exercise and whatever else. So that's what that is. Um, but if you want to talk about food, if you want to learn about food and you're kind of in a good place to, uh, and again, this is all about small steps, even so, is called Health Made Simple. I did it with Matt Frazier, the No Meat Athlete. We launched this um, meal plan system, and it's really is a system, and it's showing you how to simplify. Uh, the, it, the analog of that is me going out the door with no shoes on and run and taking a run in a very simple way. Well, most days I eat very simply too. Um, that allows me the time to do other cool stuff. And sometimes when I have more time, we spend way more time on food, but day to day, my most of the time, pretty simple stuff because of other things that I want to do. That's it's, it's literally that simple. So if that's kind of your thing, then check out health made simple. It's no meatathletecom slash meal dash plan dash system. And you can check that out. And, and that's, it, look, it's not for everybody. Some people want variety every week and they want to do meal planning and have different recipes. This is definitely not for you if that's you. But if most days you want just, I got to get it. I just want to don't spend too much time in the kitchen during the week. It's just killing me. Health made simple. That's your, that's your bag. Got it? Okay, cool. For those of you who don't know, I'm the uh, programs director, wellness programs director at the Stanford Inn Eco Resort. So in addition to my, to my book writing and podcast and YouTube videos, I run a wellness center at the Stanford Inn, and uh, love that place, stanfordinn.com. My two books, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto and Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. Both are out. Just did a talk on uh, maintaining a healthy, happy, and thriving family in Boston. Good turnout. A very wide room, like a very narrow but wide room. So like I'm sta- if I'm standing in the middle, there's like people way to the right of me and people way to the left of me. And I move when I do talks. They were like, do you, do you just want to stand at the podium? I was like, no, 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 no. Then they tried to hook me up with one of those wireless headset thingies. And bald guys on those, that doesn't work. It doesn't. I thought it was going to detract from my message. They Because they'd just look at me and snicker. They would snicker if I was wearing that thing. Mm. So what I did was handheld. Felt like Michael Bolton up there. Looked like and felt like Michael Bolton during that talk. I think that people who saw me would probably agree. Saw a podcast listener and his wife, very nice couple. I've interacted with them a little bit, or he anyway, with him. He's wearing a Nutty Nut Nut shirt. Almost brought me to tears. I love the Nutty Nut Nuts. I don't see enough Nutty Nut Nut shirts out and about, by the way. You guys, if you bought them, do not leave them in your in your freaking drawer. They're for the world to see. Okay, so... Let's get to let's get some more business. No, okay. Remember my whiskey library story from last week, where I got kicked out of a, a out of the bar for the first time in my all my forty eight years. Um, the re, the resolution to that is it was kind of sticking in my craw. Now, this is a 
more complicated, and in case you're wondering, as with everything, I'm going to tie it into health and happiness. Just watch, watch my smoke. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze myself. I, I'm not going to uh, see a therapist about it. Um, it was bothering. It was, it was like kind of bothering me, but kind of not. It was, an, it wasn't, I wasn't stewing about it. And it was kind of funny, but also was like kind of lame. And it took me a day or two to realize that's kind of lame. And I didn't really deal with it in the moment. It was such a weird, took me aback thing. I, like I didn't, John and my buddy John, I didn't even really react in the moment. We were just like, wait, what? And we just kind of paid and finished and got out of there. And we were just like, this is ridiculous. Um, but it was a bother. And so what I did was I picked up the phone and I called and, and, and talked to the manager and said, yeah, man, here, here's the deal. Like this is crap and you know it and I know it and that's a bad way to handle things and I kind of let him have it in a, in a respectful way but I definitely was direct and, and wanted to let him know for the purposes of them no for the purposes of me because then I don't have to think about it anymore and didn't like I just then it was like I told my buddy I go you're gonna get an email and then it was like it was like done we're done with it and so here's the here's the thing um the the what I always say, and I've never, in, in 214 episodes, have never sold you, anybody, on a struggle-free or discomfort-free process. In fact, I embrace it because I think that we, we become happy because of struggle, because we earn it. Happiness is earned. Confidence is earned. Happiness is dependent on confidence. I, I, I just addressed that in the last few episodes. I believe that it takes confidence to be happy in this world. It means standing on principle and knowing the things that make you happy very clearly so that when you're happy, it's not dependent on media or what somebody else is telling you is happy. You know, This person's happy because they're driving this kind of car. You're independent of that stuff and you have a confidence that says, I know I'm happy. It doesn't really matter how anybody else is defining it. I know that I am. So that's what, you know, kind of back into that whole bag. Um, but the thing is, I've never sold anybody on a discomfort-free existence. And here's, the, here's what I mean. Whether it's momentary discomfort, and it really wasn't even that uncomfortable. I picked up the phone. I left a message. My buddy John left a message. And they never called him back. So then I was like, oh, I'm freaking calling. So I called and they called me back. Now, did I say I'm Sid Garza Hillman, world famous podcaster of Approaching the Natural Podcast, and then they called me back? No. Did I say I'm the author of Raising Healthy Parents, a family book, so this is totally relevant to your whiskey library? No. I don't know why they called me back. Maybe just my name sounds fancier. I have no, I don't know. I'm not going to read into it. But he called me back. And it was a little, I guess, a little dis. I mean, a little bit of uncomfortable kind of thing, you know, kind of saying like, "Here, man, this happened, and I want, I wanted to let you know um, that this is the deal. If somebody who worked for me pulled this crap, it would be bad. I would never accept this. This is like a very bad way to to behave." And he agreed, and he was professional. He could have been shining me on. I have no idea. I got it off my chest. My point is, is that that discomfort was minimal and momentary minimal and momentary versus being having this sticking in my craw for any amount of time past that. I cut it. I stopped it. Oftentimes, we will err towards not confronting something because of the discomfort of confronting something when there's discomfort no matter what. 
And and again, easier said than done. However, me doing this, my doing this, and just picking up the phone finally a few days later and going, you know, what? I'm just gonna deal with this because I'm thinking about it enough, and I don't like, I don't want to. I have too many things to. I have bigger fish to fry. I have my family first and foremost. I don't want that stuff taking up any real estate in my brain at all. So I haven't thought about it until now, an hour ago when I was doing the notes here, I was like, oh, I should probably fill you guys in on kind of how that how that went down, how this relates to health and happiness. Because if something is sticking in your craw, if something's bothering you, it's the same thing as you beating yourself up about something. It is negative. I'm going to get hippie here, but negative energy. It is stuff in your brain that that doesn't need to be there and is not serving you. It is not serving me. I would rather dive into a momentary discomfort to remove this thing as an issue for me that then allows me the freedom to pursue the things that I want to pursue, including being with my family, but also this podcast and everything else I do. So it is, we are in control of how long this discomfort exists in us in a way. We are not necessarily in control of there being no discomfort. Again, I don't know how I'm wired this way. Um, uh, I, people can say I, nothing. I, I, there was some recently I was in some like class or something or I was teaching or something. And this woman was like, well, some things just never bother me at all. And I'm like, never, I've never, everybody who has ever claimed to just, yeah, I don't, I don't let that stuff bother me. It's never, look, I'm, there could be people out there, but I will tell you that a hundred percent of people, and I'm sort of getting beyond myself right now because I was going to get this in the subject of this week's podcast, but a hundred percent of people who come off as nothing bothers me, I just let that stuff go. Don't. I mean, just don't. And and so, but that's other people. For me, I know that it was in in my head. And if it's in my head, and I don't want it to be there, as a small stepper, I go. I'm con- I'm in control of this. I can either allow this discomfort to exist for a lot longer, and maybe eventually I'd stop thinking about it, or I can nip it in the bud and just get done with it and actually deal with it, and maybe adjust somebody else's behavior because of it, so that some other person doesn't get treated the same way we got treated. Win, 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 win. Now, you'll love the resolution. Mm. He said. So he, so he listened to my thing, and he agreed with me. Whatever. Maybe he was just shining me on, like I said. But here's what he offered. <laughs> this, is like, this is so like great. Um, he offered, didn't, because I said, look, I don't even live there. But my buddy lives there, so you might want to reach out to him and do something like to kind of make this right with him. I got no investment here. I may be back in Portland next year. I don't give a crap either way. It's not for me. I just want to let you know what happened so that you can... He goes, I'm going to let, I will let your friend have a, I'll give him a reservation. That was what they came up with. A reservation, not a drink, not buy my buddy a single malt. He's going to allow him to make a reservation at that whiskey library. Good night. Great. My buddy was like, yeah, that's not going to, I anyway, please. All right. So moving on. So anyway, good, good lesson, right? Good lesson. And, and one more thing. Um, the act of me doing that is five minutes. Not a big time expenditure, kind of a small step in and of itself, but also it's a practice for me and it's one more time that I get to do something like that to get me better at doing that over time. I've been doing this for years. I used to be the guy who never confronted stuff. That is for real in my 20s and I learned how to do it and I learned when I even when I was heading up my band, um, 
dealing with that stuff right away because I didn't, especially in the creative context, didn't want there to be like bad blood and resentment and things like that. It was always like, let's just get this stuff done. And I think I was pretty successful at it. And I realized the value of not letting things fester. It is a it is a disease. When you have things festering in you, it takes over your life in a way and it prevents you from doing things and, and expressing yourself. And I truly, truly believe that. It's just hard to deal with. And so you get better at it. So it was like it was like I got the the deal and I got to the exercise of doing it one more notch in my belt. So next time it'll be just a little bit easier, right? Dig? Okay, good. Um, glad you understand that. Okay. Um Another step on my list was I wanted to read, I talked about it recently, a physical book, which I did and finished my book over the weekend in Boston. There's one benefit of being on an airplane as much as I've been on an airplane the last few weeks uh, is that there's time to read. There's also time to watch movies, which I also did, but because reading is now on my steps list, um, I was also reading and I finished a novel first time in years. I do a lot of reading, just not novel. I thought, God, I miss reading a novel, you know? And I talked about it recently, like being the example for my children and seeing them, you know, knowing that they're watching, seeing me, whether it's conscious or not, reading a book makes a difference. Um, but in the reading of the book, and it's such a, it was such a joyous act. Like it was, it was a good book, but it was just like opening a book. It's just so much more calming. And I was trying to figure out, it's a distraction and it makes the time go by. Like, you know, sitting on an airplane and I'm reading a book, it makes the time go by, like a movie. But I'm going, or like, you know, being on the internet or whatever. Um, what is the substantive difference? And and I, I guess for me, and I'm not saying one or the other, although I'm kind of saying, I'm not saying one or the other, I'm saying more one than the other. That That's for real. Um, for me, um, I'd like to more, more book, less, less internet. You know what I'm saying? Um, the difference, I think, is that the phone and the kind of surfing the internet kind of model is somewhat of a, uh, it, it's doing it, I want it to do it for me. I think that the checking the phone, I'll put it this way, reading a book is more intentional, it's more active, it's more engaged. And I think that's why there's it carries a, a, a qualitative difference that's, I hate to say better or worse, but it, it is more substantial and it's for me it's better i'll put it that way it is i feel better after reading a book than i do surfing around youtube and watching different youtube videos they're both pleasurable but i find sitting down with a book for 20 minutes versus the same amount of time surfing the internet or watching youtube i feel better afterwards uh reading the book I, again i think it's that i you know on especially on an airplane i'm trying to pass the time doing stuff to you know keep me busy but there's one thing that sort of relaxes me, and I, I feel engaged in a way that's exercise. In my first book, Approach to the Natural, I call it mental nutrition um, and, and have that same kind of philosophy about it, heavy box versus light box. If you're just joining me, go to SidGarzaHillman.com and put your email address in, and you can get a free download of my, of my uh, first chapter of my first book, and, and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about with heavy box, light box, free, free, so do it. Um, and so with mental nutrition, there's a heavy box aspect to mental nutrition too. There's there's stuff that we feed our brains that is, I think we all can agree, like more substantive than not. Um, and I definitely address that in the new book, Raising Healthy Parents. I like really talk about that specifically, you know, um, in the sort of nutrition part of it. There's recipes and things like that. But this is more of the mental side of it. Um, and so I think that the phone is like... I want it to do the work for me. I want it to just sort of like, here, it, attract me this way and attract me that way, whereas the book takes more effort, but not in a bad way, in a very cool way. 
Um, again, I do both, but I just want to tip the scales a little bit more into the heavier box mental nutrition because it makes me feel better straight up. I also think that because the phone, um, the internet kind of model is so fragmented, um, it's such a you're here and then you're there and then you're there and then you're there. And when you're reading a book, you're sort of in that for 20 minutes, you're in the book and things are happening in the book, but you, you know that you're in one place. For me, when I'm surfing the internet or doing the you know social media thing, it's it. I feel almost agitated. There's a a fragmented nature. Um, when I was writing my second book, Raising Healthy Parents, I talked about the book Deep Work um, by Cal Newport that basically saved me and allowed me to get this book done because I was starting to panic because I was so fragmented that I couldn't get a getting any good chunk of time uh, to read to write my book in any you know real way. I was, I, I was like, I couldn't focus. And the practice that I began at that time was to, you know, things like shutting off uh, social media, um, only checking my email periodically, not just checking it all the time, uh, really partitioning this time to get deeper into something. Uh, and it worked heavily and I've gotten much better at it, but it did make me nervous that I was like, have I lost the ability to really focus on stuff? And I will tell you that it's it is hard. I find it harder to read a book, and I'm glad that I put this step on my list of of picking up the book once a day. I didn't. I did it most days, even if it was just a very short amount of time, uh, and I mean like a paragraph. But it was getting my hands on that book. That's how I got it onto my radar enough to then on the airplane I, I read for like an hour um, and finished the book. And it was it was a good book. And it was but it was just so satisfying to finish a novel again, you know and. And that, again, how do I take that back into health and happiness? Because the more things that we do that feed our, our again, I'm going hippie in this episode. I don't even know what happened here. But that feed our soul. Um, and I would say healthy food does that too. Things that nourish us, that make us feel good and that tap into that strength in us and tap into that creativity in us and tap in even to that focus in us affect Virtually every part of our lives, from our work lives, of course, but also definitely to our families and, and, and the satisfaction of us as human beings and individuals bleeds into, the, into our relationships on every level. And so it's just kind of a cool thing. And I, I always like to just follow up with you guys in terms of my own steps because I think it, it uh, well, I, people have told me that they like that I share because I am in my own practice. I am not here coaching you guys and not living this myself. Quite the opposite. My first focus, my first and most focus is on myself to be an example of this process. I am always thinking about me in terms of this because I believe the example I set is first and foremost in how I affect you guys before I say word one. And I think that comes through whether it's conscious or not. I think if I said these exact same words, but I was not living healthy and happy, I think you guys would kind of clue into that and go, eh, something's not right. He's full of crap and move on. And so it's important to me to, to live the example and to tell you my shortfalls um, when they occur because I'm going through the same battles that you guys are, big time. And, uh, and we all are. So that's how that goes, right? Okay. So on that note, uh, let's get back. In, let's get back. Let's get into this week's episode. The title is Let, Let Myself Go. I've been thinking about using this title for a while and I keep kind of, I would like, Think about it, and then I kind of forget, and then I think about it again. Finally, I was like, I got to get this down, so I just made a note of it. I hear people on occasion, 
and, and fairly regularly, I would imagine, say, you know, like, oh, I've just let myself go. I've just let myself go. I, well, you know, you hit your 40s and you just let yourself go. And I always find it interesting. Language is really fascinating for me, especially in the health and happiness realm. I was just doing that talk in Boston. And, you know, I... I don't hide this, but I don't really talk about it, but I'm plant-based. And so sometimes you know, I'll go to parties and people, there'll be food out and people go, you know, oh, you can't have that. You can't have that. You can't have that. And I'm always quick to say, well, I can, <laughs> you know, like I'm 48. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. I can have that stuff. It's not illegal. I just choose not to. Uh, and I do that because for two reasons. One, I want to make sure they know this is not a restrictive thing for me at all. This is a choice. And more importantly, I want myself to remember that. I don't want to even buy into that whole like, I can't. I don't want myself to feel like I can't. Of course I can. I always want to know that I can and don't. I always want to know that I can and don't. Um, that way I don't get stuck into this, this is a restrictive thing. This is, oh my gosh, a constraint. It's a choice that makes me feel better. That's why I do it. The more I remember that, the better I live. This was a talk on kids, so I'm talking about parents remembering that because that's what how they affect their kids. If the kids see this restrictive kind of militant parent, what do you think the chances are of that child not being that way? Very little, very small. Um, so, so language is important to me because, well, it's how we relate, obviously. But in the health and happiness realm, a lot of the language we use, we kind of throw away like, I could never give up cheese. Well, you could. And, and you don't have to. And I'm not telling anybody to. I've never told a client to give up cheese in my life. I'm just saying, be honest about it. Be honest about it and say, of course I could give it up. But I love it. I don't want to give it up. And so, fine. There's your power. Then you can start making choices about your life that nourish you or don't. And if you want to be healthier and happier, you're going to be able to understand. You're not going to sit there and go, I want to be healthier and happier, but I can't. I could never. You go, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to do this over here and I'll do this thing first. And then I'll kind of get, and you're in active mode, active mode, not victim mode, not I could never, but yeah, I can. I'm just not going to do that yet. I'm going to do other stuff first. That works better for me. That works better for my clients. That works better for the people in smallsteppers.com. I just did a, the live Q&A in Boston. Um, it was on video, but I, I was in Boston about that very thing. Like this one person in the, one of the members is saying that, you know, she was having a hard time crafting steps that aren't knots. Like, don't do this, don't do this. And, and steps as I coach them are always positives. I said, leave the, there should be no, I don't do this on my steps list because then all you're thinking about is what you don't do instead of, filling it in with what you do do when there's a vacuum where you stop doing something let's say a behavior let's just say it's cheese because it's easy you, you you force yourself to give up cheese and all you think about is now i can't have it i i really want it oh it's so hard for me not to oh this is me and you're just in this moment of like i can't do it and i'm saying keep eating the cheese for now until you have things to fill in what cheese delivers for you, which is pleasure in the moment. So now you leave the cheese where it is, eat your, eat your freaking cheese, but in, in all the other areas of your life, bring in small steps to enhance your life in other areas, then you stop needing the cheese as much. It's a positive, active role instead of I can't have, it's yeah, I can have, and, I'm gonna, but, but I'm, and, and I will have, but I'm going to do all these other things too. It's an engagement level, you guys. This is engagement. Now, back to let myself go. Because I think it's very, very fascinating to me when someone says, I let myself go, 
it implies what I always say, which is that I'm not changing people into new people. I'm not transforming people. I'm helping people become who they truly are. And that term implies that there is that self that you've let go, that you've allowed to not be what it is intended to be. I love that. It's an inadvertent acknowledgement of how strength, how strong and powerful you guys all are. And me too. We all are. We have it. It's there. We don't need something to inject strength in us. We just need something to allow it to come out. And when you say, ah, you know, I hit 45 and I just let myself go, that means there's something there that you didn't attend to. That's how I take it. There's something there that you did not engage with and attend to. And it, yes, it didn't not, it has not been allowed to express itself. And you're admitting it. And so I kind of feel like I win, like I'm win, I win, I win, you admitted it. Like that's kind of on a, like a 10-year-old level. That, that's the pleasure I got from this week's episode is that I get to be a 10-year-old and go and see, I, aha. Um, but the other way that I want to take this, this is to, uh, is to free this thing inside of you and let it out. In other words, like, like I'm going to let my child go. Like I'm going to let my child go to college. I'm going to let, like letting it go, uh, releasing it. I'm taking it that way too. And I think that's even equally as fascinating because if somebody says, I let myself go, what they're basically saying is I let myself go to crap. You know, like I didn't attend to myself and I didn't pay attention to myself. And the ramifications were that I'm less healthy and happy than I want to be. Dig. But I also want to change those words around and say, as a small stepper, you are allowing yourself, you are letting yourself go, the real self go and finally be what it can be over time. And so I'll kind of come back to the whiskey thing is I look at that as like all the festering and kind of me going back and forth. I finally was like, let me just let myself do this. Let me let myself go and deal with this the way that I know that I can. And in letting myself deal with this thing in a powerful, strong way, I made my life better. I mean, I improved my life because... I simply acted in line with who I am, who that person is. That that's the real myself. I let it go. I was like, "Yeah, you go, you go do this thing. Go do that thing." I let it kind of go out. The other stuff was just this battle of like discomfort and you know the hemming and hawing thing. Again, let if you if you feel like oh you've let yourself go, and you feel like oh I'm I'm fifty now and I yeah God I don't know what happened I just let myself go. Understand that that's probably true. And that's such a cool thing to understand because that means that it's there and it's probably always been there instead of you thinking this momentous task has to take place, which is I never had this in me and now I've got to find it, number one, and learn to be it, number two, and this whole this whole gargantuan task of transforming and creating this new person. That's To me, that's a huge prohibitive kind of... Woo, that's a big job. Whereas if you acknowledge the fact that there's something in you and then say, well, let me find out who that is. It's already there. That's one less thing because you don't have to craft it. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to invent it. You don't have to become it. You can then say, who is the self that I let go? Where, what, what is this? Where was it? What happened? When did I have it? Did I ever have it? Did I have it 30 years ago? Did I have it 40 years ago? Did I have it 10 years ago? What were the circumstances where I let myself go? Did work get in the way? Did I have kids? My whole book, Raising Healthy Parents, is about 
taking that back as parents, get not letting yourself go. Saying, no, 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 I'm supremely important in this picture. I've got to be this for my children and for me, better for everybody. So when did that happen? What were the circumstances? Was it work-related? Was it uh, trauma? Was it a bad relationship that you let yourself go as a result of that? And you said, I'm handing you this power. I had a bad relationship, so screw it. Now I'm going to go on a bender and stop eating well. Well, there's a... There was a line that you crossed at that point that went from you being more you to you being less you. And you decided on some level, conscious or not, that you weren't going to attend and you were going to give in in a way. And there's no judgment here. This happens to all of us, all of us, you guys, you, to give in to the things that are pulling at us all the time. The marketing, the advertising, the light box foods, the, addict, the addictive things in the world they're pulling at us anyway. How do you negotiate a life where you're surrounded by things that are intended and designed to get you high and to reel you in? There's only one way. And that is if you are strong enough to both recognize those things as for what they are and strong enough to fend for yourself in that context. You're not going to change the world. You're not going to one person say, I'm going to stop all advertising that's going to make things look pretty colors so I'm more attracted to them. Not going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm a, one person is going to stop using artificial flavoring and coloring and salt because that trips my little pleasure center and I, I don't want that for anybody. You're not going to do that, but you absolutely can become, stop letting yourself go and in a way actually let yourself go like you're released. It's time to let you out. You've been hidden back too far. I apologize for not spending enough attention on you and I've paid for it and now it's time, time to release, time to come back out all at once. Probably not. That's a little bit abrupt, a little bit crazy. Might be a little bit, uh, a little bit of upheaval. Might freak other people out in your world. But I also think that getting to know that it's there, acknowledging that it's there in you, is first and foremost. Then saying before you change anything in the world, who is it? Who is this person I've let go? If you say I gained a bunch of weight, I've just let myself go. To me. That's the first task kind of talking. Go back and listen to old episodes. To me, that implies that the real you is not overweight. That implies to me that the real you is actually at a healthy weight, and you just kind of let that go. You let that part of the real you go. You said, you know what, I, I'm not going to deal with that thing, consciously or not. And usually not consciously. Usually we don't say, I decided that I'm going to make myself out of shape. Mostly, we get worn down. And I want to be clear about this. It's not... We are, get, we are getting worn down. It's not, we're not designed, I got to be clear, the, the natural state of us is of health and happiness. I really believe this to be true. The premise of my entire philosophy of living well is that we are naturally designed, we are wired, hardwired for pleasure and we are hardwired for health. The body is trying to be healthy and the mind is trying to be stress-free, trying to be. Maybe it can't be 100%, but it, that's the effort there, and that's the, the direction there. And we are worn down in the modern world because of all the things that I already listed, advertising and everything else, and these kinds of things that draw us in, and, and, and then long work hours, and commuting, and, and watching the news, and just being fatigued, 
And of course we let ourselves go. It's too hard. There's no, it's, I, I don't want anybody to feel like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Why shouldn't you have done it? It's a massive undertaking to not do that. That's why the bulk of our species does that. The bulk of our species does let ourselves go. We let ourselves get lost in the very world we created. It's a massive undertaking. Please do not misunderstand my message here. This is not easy. It is not easy to take control of your life. It is not easy to be strong enough to not let yourself go. It is not easy to be strong enough to hold true and hold fast, steadfast, the thing in you that is really you, the values, regardless of how you've acted for the last 30 years, how to get in touch with this thing and and hold it as everything around you is trying to pull it away from you. It, it's gargantuan. It is gargantuan. Is it doable? You bet your ass it's doable. But it takes attention and it takes you recognizing that the attention that you need to, to take on yourself is not going to come in big chunks. The attention that is necessary to allow you to live the life that you want to live, to be in control of your life, is going to come down to moments. And often the biggest problem we ever have with letting ourselves go is because something in our lives, whether it's work or family, we perceived as taking too much of our lives away from us as, okay, well, now I have kids, so I can't exercise. Now that I have kids, I'm so tired, I can't eat well. We have all these things, idea that, that, that this thing external to us grabbed enough time that in our minds made it impossible for us to spend enough time on ourselves to, to not let ourselves go. And I'm here to tell you that's just not the case. I'm here to sell you on an idea. And the idea is that the moments that we spend on ourselves, in moments, the minutes, the seconds, literally, have power well beyond the time that we spend on those things. My picking up the phone and calling the guy from the whiskey library, people think that might just be inane and kind of stupid. It's not stupid. It's an act of control. And it is an act of me saying, I'm going to just, I'm dealing with this thing the way that I know best, regardless of how I feel about it in the moment, because I know it's better for me long term. There is power in that five minute conversation well beyond the five minutes. First of all, I get to tell you guys and relate to you, and maybe somebody's going to get value from it. So they're first done, huge. If somebody, one person of one of you thousands listening to this, get value from that little conversation, then it was worth the phone call, worth the five minutes. But for my own life, it was so worth the five minutes. And if, as we see in our lives and acknowledge in our lives that it has got to be about the moments, then we then take advantage of those moments. And those are the times that we let the person that is already in us come out. And we let that self and we let that person go into the world. We let that self go into the world. So that we never again lose ourselves in the world. So we never again don't attend to ourselves. We may not, we can't attend to ourselves full time. We are still going to get swept up into the crap. It's just going to happen. But if we can make inroads into how often that happens and switch and, and, and adjust the balance so that more often than not, we are ourselves and we are calm enough and, and in touch with our own strength to not get swept up into that stuff as much, we win. We win. Okay, so if you feel like you've, oh, I've just let myself go, good, good to know because that means it's there. It's there. Find out who it is. Don't change anything. Find out what that self is. Find out what you stand for first and foremost, and then see all of a sudden these things start to change. Be just, just when you ask the question, you will start seeing changes. Then 
you start small stepping in certain areas to bring that person back into your life. And man, oh man, that's when the magic happens. And it's not even magic because your freaking work. Is it easy? No, it's not. Sure, great. Because when you start living your life because you actually did it and because you're in control and because you're in this struggle and you're actually seeing the changes, that's true happiness because you earned it. Nobody hands it to you. And you start thinking like, I don't want somebody to hand this to me. This was great. I got to run the race. I didn't have to, no, somebody, nobody handed me a medal and said, hey, you don't have to run the, the marathon. Just t- here's the medal and, and the t-shirt. It doesn't feel the same because you didn't earn it. There is a substantive difference between earning your own happiness and health and, be, and having, it be, having it being handed to you. If it's handed to you, it ain't real. That's it. If it's not and you worked for it, it's real. That's the confidence and that's the self-esteem and that's the self-worth. Every single time, no getting around it. All right? Okay, did I get a little angry at the end there? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. You know, maybe it's the whiskey library. Still, it's still festering. It's not. Hey, my buddy's not going there. I'll tell you that much. Woo! They lost somebody who would probably not have gone anyway. You guys are awesome. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope you like the new uh, opening with my daughter, Luna. I just pulled her in. Um, and I might craft a more. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Freeform podcasting. Love it. Listen. Email me, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. That's podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. If you have any questions, comments, um, I'd love to hear stories. I, I love to hear stories about how this approach is helping you and in all these cool ways people are using them uh, to get more in touch with the, the life they want to live. It's super cool. Um, you guys are awesome. And thank you, everybody, for supporting the work that I do in however you do it. Um, again, just telling a friend to listen to this podcast is ginormous. Subscribing to my, po- my YouTube channel. All that kind of cool stuff. All right, you guys. Again, next week, Costa Mesa, California, October 20th, 29th. If you're down in SoCal, come say hi. I'll be in Tampa, Florida after that. Can you say hi to me there? Okay. Maybe you're just going to go, you're going to fly to all the different places and say hi to me. Good. Wear your Nutty Nut t-shirt. All right, you guys. I'll be back next week with episode 215. In the meantime, do me a favor, will you? Be well. Underground, counting days just for fun. Adding up the time till it was done. And I'm walking back and forth to forget where I've begun. And I'm circling wise and is more fun Yes, I'm serving wise and foolish to see which is more fun Handing over I'm giving all of it Through asking what is true And I'm taking all the memory And leaving them with you I'll be coming back for them when All 
the black is blue Yes, I'll be coming back for them when All the black is blue Forget where 